Hi, this is Andrew Hensicker, CPA. Super excited um, to have Daryl Gendrus, CPA, on our show today. He is one of our Dope CFO VIP members, um, has a very high specialty as well. He spent almost 30 years in state and local tax. That acronym is SALT. Um, I think most of you have heard of that. State and local tax, it turns out, is very, very complex. And his experiences in both corporate and public accounting settings with exposure to lots of industries and now specializing in cannabis. My guess is Daryl may be the first national salt expert that's really focused in this state. So that's really exciting as well. He is managing director of Green Rush Tax PLCC and is providing the cannabis industry with a sales tax, excise, local taxes from seed to sale. Those services include sales and excise tax audit representation, agriculture and manufacturing exemptions where applicable remote seller nexus studies, voluntary disclosure agreements and mergers and acquisitions. So that's kind of quite a, a mouthful. So why don't we always start with just you and your firm and kind of how you got started and, and give us your history. So thanks, Andrew, and I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. So my firm's Green Rush Tax uh, uh, and, and Accounting PLLC. What, what I've done for like the past 30 years is I was able to get into a unique industry, a unique niche in the tax industry. So it's more state and local tax. So pretty much picture it as going to like um, a retail store and purchasing something there's sales tax on there. Well, there's some opportunities for exemptions depending on what happens. There's just a whole, how can I say it? Like you said, it's it's a very unique industry where it's complex. The way the laws are written are vague and subject to interpretation. So pretty much when I talk to my clients, I tell them if it was black and white, you wouldn't need me. It's the... <laughs> It's the it's the shade of gray. So if you have a can of white paint, what you know, and one drop of gray could could impact the answer because most of this stuff is fact based. And um, if it you know gets too can you know too much gray in there, then this is where you know we have to talk and discuss of like you know here's what the state might do or or not. And there's there's cool. precedent set on like laws and court cases and letter rulings so so let me ask you it's so yeah it's very very complex and and i've i've seen that as well how maybe go back a little bit what's your background how did you ever even get into sales and local taxes um and as well as manufacturing and agriculture so when i uh graduated from college i got into uh, one of my friends reached out to me and said, hey, we have a position available for a, a staff accountant. It's in sales and use tax. And I said, I have no experience. You know, no one no one taught me that in college. He goes, you're perfect for the job because there are no schools that teach it. You have to <laughs> you have to be self-taught. So, you know, just reading stuff and learning and just based on experiences you know, I was able to deal with like construction contractors and, and all that. And then as I got into public accounting, all the clients were different. So I'd be given um, like a, a pig farm in Indiana, you know, and, yeah. and, and the way I look at it nowadays is like, okay, a pig farm and a hemp farmer 
depending on the state, they can both be the same and take advantage of it. You know, if it falls under like the 2018 farm bill, you know, where if it's if it's yeah, the industrial yeah. habit, you should have the same exemptions as the pig farmer. And then so it's 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 unique there. Um, Mike, go ahead. Oh, as you can say, just highlighting that you said, so you basically focused your whole entire career on this and, and already have highlighted that if you are a dispensary or farmer out there or whatever, you truly want an expert um, guiding you on this on this side because there may be a potential for savings. Right. And, or minimize your exposure. You know, like if you're not doing something correctly, you know, like implementing best practices that I've done with my hundreds of clients throughout the years. And, you know, like on the on the manufacturing side, you know, I, I had food manufacturers where we would go on plant tours and see things. That's almost the same as the CBD companies that are making the gummies and all that. And then yeah. you have like the the um, the cosmetic side and, and all that. So yeah. it's like basically basically the cannabis industry is a subset of all the industries I've worked in in the you know in my 30 years so it's basically trying to to bring in my experience to what i feel is an underserved industry and just trying to help educate them and help them you know keep their profits without having you know if you're doing something incorrectly the states can come on at you or you might be overpaying on some stuff so yeah <laughs> it's it's just trying to help Trying you know, to help provide people it. overall. Let me um let me ask a question because this will come up as we talk about later. What explain what the agency relationship is between a dispensary, say, and the Department of Revenue? Sure. So what happens is retailers have to get um, registered with their state's Department of Revenue. I mean, each state's Department of Revenue's call, you know, is something different. Like different. California is like the Department of um, tax and fee administration. And there's, you know, yeah. each state's called different, but it's basically the state's department of revenue. So when you get registered to be a retailer, you have to have a seller's permit and collect sales tax on taxable sales. So say, you know, I go into a dispensary, purchase $20 worth of product and, um, Let's just keep it easy and just assume it's 10% sales tax rate. So, you know, I paid, I pay you at the register $22. Yeah. Well, that $20 of your sale is yours, but the $2 you collected, that's the state's money. So basically you're collecting 22, you keep your 20, but you have to set that two aside. So, so basically your you're acting as an agent for the state. You're collecting money on the state's behalf. You're required to do that. Okay. And then as, you're, then as you're collecting the money, and depending on the state and your sales volume, you might have to remit that money weekly or, or uh, quarterly. So basically, it's just you're acting as an agent for the state to collect and, that. And that's that's very good point. And so when you're 
So it's not your money. And so people maybe forget that sometimes. And mm -hmm. also when you make as us as accountants, that journal entry of, yeah, that $2 is not credited to revenues. It's credited to a liability. Um, and, right. and some people forget that. Hopefully your POS system will, should track those things. And you need to think in dispensary, if you have both medical and rec, the medical side may not have a sales tax and the rec may have it. So you want to make sure you're, you're, um, has that on it as well. Um, but I think this same question, the next one relates to the same thing. When or why are notices issued by the Department of, of Revenue? Um, mm -hmm. And around, and I was just think in my head, if I'm a bad guy, how do they even know I've collected that $2? Right. <laughs> so, well, here's here's the thing. And don't even picture yourself as, as a bad guy because I've had this happen just with my clients. Actually, earlier this week, they were sending me notices of like, you know, there's there was a notice of like tax due. Well, what happened was one of their staff um, was filling out their sales tax return and accidentally transposed a number on their return. So it made it look like they didn't remit the correct amount. So then the state's coming back saying, hey, you know, you owe us an additional thousand dollars in tax. Well, when then you look at it, it's like, oh, I transposed a number. I need to amend the return. We'll fix it. I remitted the correct amount. You know, you know. So there's okay. there's there's ways around it. The states, the states, when you're always filing a return, everything is automated now, so they can look back and just check and double check. You know, just by putting when you're downloading your returns into the state's system, they'll they'll already start doing the calculation, and the next day you might be getting a notice saying, "Hey, you know, you didn't remit the correct amount, or you might have overpaid." Yeah. So it's 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 it, some sometimes it's just not done maliciously. It's it's an you know it's a clerical. It could error. just be a an a mistake. Let mm -hmm. me ask these kind of next two together. So what happens if sales tax is collected and then not remitted? And then along with that, what if those notices are ignored? And mm -hmm. what can what can the state do? <laughs> right. So so your first question of sales tax collected by a dispensary and not remitted. That, that's a big issue because it's the state's money. So it's going back to that agency relationship. It's it's the state's money. It's not yours. So the state wants their money. And really, I'll, I'll, depending on the state and depending on if it's chronicle of sale, you know, yeah. sales tax collected, not remitted, the states could say it's a felony. Now, now that creates huge yeah. issues for the owner, for the company and, and all that. So it's basically, I've had it where one of my clients accidentally had $40,000 in sales tax collected, not remitted. But what had happened was it was a clerical error and it wasn't showing up in their accounts payable. So, you know, we came forward, I worked with them to go forward with the state and there was no issue. I mean, the CFO was in panic mode because he's like, I don't want to go to jail over this. Yeah. You know, so so clerical errors are fine. If it's malicious and you're just pocketing the money and not turning it in, well, then the states are going to become more aggressive. So now to get into your next question of what happens if the notices are ignored by the dispensaries, you you can't put your head in the sand. You know, it's it's... It's yeah. How, how can I put it? 
it, it's like, you know, talking to your child and you're telling your child, you know, yes. hey, you need to you need to do this chore, do this chore. Well, if you don't do this chore, there's going to be consequences. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing with a notice. They'll issue a notice. They'll give you like 30 days to respond. If you don't respond to that, they'll give you another notice with another 30 days. Now, now as the frustration comes along, if you're not responding, now the states become more aggressive and they might put in like a, a, a demand notice. They might, if you don't respond to that demand notice, now they not, might start putting tax liens on, um, on, on the business. So I've had it where my non-CANA clients have had tax liens on there because they don't have cash on hand. So they'll come, <laughs> I got a call one day where um, they said, hey, Daryl, help us out. We just walked into the, you know, we want to get into the office and it's padlocked with a notice from the Department of Revenue saying, please call this number. <laughs> but it's different with the dispensary because they have the cash on hand. So that's why, you know, in that April, you know, the article last month um, in April of 22, where some dispensaries got raided, it wasn't a raid. It was the state coming, the Department of Revenue coming to collect their sales tax. To get their- they knew. They they know their dollar amount. They're not going to just come up and show up one day unannounced. They're like, okay, you owe us X amount of dollars. We're going to take that out of your till yeah. because it's cash, not a hand. And that's a good point. So that money is their money. And it's the same. We've seen similar in payroll taxes when, when sometimes business owners they think that, oh, well, just I don't have the money for this, that, and the other. I got to pay my whatever. And then they, they forget to, I think we saw someone go to jail over that as well in, in Oregon. I could be wrong on that one. I believe it was payroll taxes. They weren't remitting to the state, but that money is not. So, yeah, that news story, we'll post it in the show notes. You know, it can some people go, oh, the, they're raiding me and taking my money. It's like, that goes back to that agency relationship. It never was your money to start with. And so I know it's tempting because running a dispensary or farm, you're spending loads of money on all kinds of things. It's very tempting. You got money and you got to pay whatever. Um, and taxes sometimes seems like that. Oh, I'll worry about that later. But you can't really take that approach. Um, this goes back to our overall theme of any cannabis owner, dispensary or farm, you're spending millions of dollars to run a business. Um, you need to be doing things by the book, whether it's state and local tax, payroll tax, workers comp, anything. You either, you're either running a good business or you're not. There's no middle ground where um, you can be doing that. So that's um, really, really interesting. Let me ask you, this kind of follows on with, are there any relief programs or payment plans if someone's, you know, all of a sudden maybe they did get behind and they're like, oh crap, I owe $200,000 and I don't have any money. <laughs> right, right, right. So, so there is no relief program when it comes for sales tax collected because that's the state's money. They're not going to cut you, you know, any anything you know you spent the states you collected the state sales tax money now you're spending it on you know your business expenses or whatnot so there's no relief program there however there can be payment plans set up but it's not 100 foolproof you have to go through a voluntary disclosure agreement with the state and this, this is where i've done golly probably about 250 or more 
um, with with my clients where you put together on it, I'll put together a cover letter and all the facts in an anonymous basis, send it to the Department of Revenue asking for um, to come to come forward. So we're coming before the state has sent you a notice, you know, so say we go through, you know, someone in dope CFO is doing the accounting and then they reach out to me and say, hey, Daryl, I've noticed that this company might have, you know, $50,000 of sales tax collected, not remitted. Can you verify it? And then, you know, verify and be like, okay, talk to the business owner, say, here's you, you owe the state 50. You may not have that available. Let's talk to the state see if they can take this voluntary disclosure saying, we'll come forward. We'll come, we're coming forward to you. We're telling you yes. that we've made this mistake. Let's help clean it up going forward. But by the way, I don't have the funds available at this time. Can we get into a payment plan? I've been successful with that, but also note that it could be subject to them, to the Department of Revenue coming back saying no, Maybe if you haven't been a good taxpayer or other issues behind it, but usually I try my best. I always paint a picture of the business owner being a good business to the state, to the community to get this benefit. And that, and that again is why it's really good to have a professional like you on your side as you look at this and make sure even it's worth your while to bring in Daryl to do a, a consultation to just look at your liability. One other thing, we won't dive down this rabbit hole too deep, but um, and this relates more to CBD companies where it's legal. You've got, say, I've got a gummy bear maker right here in Bend, Oregon, but I'm selling it all over the U.S. in all these 50 states. I don't know any tax to um, anyone in Ohio or what. Um, can you briefly mention Wayfair and we can put that right. case in the show notes as well, where people may have more liability than they think. Right. So, and and I'm glad I'm glad you have a little bit of insight on Wayfair Nexus. So what happened was um, the Supreme Court ruled on um, economic nexus, and it was based on Wayfair having all these sales, all these remote sales, all these internet sales throughout the country. And it came back now with, you know, South Dakota saying, you know, we want our revenue. South Dakota set a threshold, and that's how it went to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court ruled in favor of South, South Dakota saying, you know, once you reach this dollar threshold, you need to register with the state and start charging your customers sales tax, even if you've never been in that state, you know, with an uh, an office inventory or employees in the state. So, and unfortunately, when it comes to sales tax, and this is why I have my practice, <laughs> there's inconsistencies, there's no consistencies state to state, and each state has their own separate laws. So, so basically, there's the 45 states that have sales tax. Most of them are the same, but there's some that are different. And it's just basically know what your sales are by year, by state. And once you reach that threshold, you need to register. Now, if you haven't done that, now here's another story of going back to the voluntary disclosure. And let's help come forward to clean up everything going backwards and set up like a, you know, little barrier on how far back the states can go and then we fix everything going fix it, forward. Fix forward 
So that's a great, so again, if that's you business owner out there, you're selling stuff all over the country, um, it probably wouldn't hurt you to contact Daryl and have him take a peek under the hood and make sure um, what you need and help you set up so you can, if and when, hit those thresholds. Mm-hmm. Um, let's do, why don't we cover a final question? How long have you been a Dope CFO VIP and how'd you get into the program? What have you learned? What are your favorite parts? And has the program or me or anyone else helped you and your business grow? Yeah. And then yeah. we'll, and then we'll let you kind of go cover your business as well. Sure. So yeah, I've, I've been with Dope CFO for over six months. So how, how I came across that was I have a non-CANA state and local tax practice. And I was just, for like the last couple of years, I've been interested in the cannabis industry. And whenever I would Google, uh, you know, cannabis, national, state and local tax accounting, I would see no hits at all. And I'm like, wow, this is my opportunity to, since I have experience in all 50 states, all industries, why not add the cannabis side, you know, where, like I said, you know, I can help out the farmers, the manufacturers, the cultivators, the labs, you know, the remote sellers, the um, the dispensaries, because everything this cannabis industry does is everything I'm doing on the non-cannabis side. So that's how that's how I did that. All of a sudden, I pop your dope <laughs> CFO, and I'm like, wow. And then once I started seeing, okay. Andrew, you spoke at the AICPA. I'm like, all right, I'm part of the AICPA. You know, it's like, wow, this is this is going to be this potentially could be a good fit. So, so that's what it was. And then learning based on all your materials in the program, they're very well written. They're very well versed. You're always accessible. It's it's really helped. I mean, I think my favorite part of the program are the. Uh, weekly uh marketing calls the the bi-weekly open forum with with you and then yeah just the availability in in the facebook program to also work with the other 400 500 people in there of just i can ask questions someone can answer it and vice versa so it's yeah, it's, it's, in the it's really good been an amazing thing of that of the depth and breadth of those skills and over time it's just evolved and it's like yeah rob just does valuations daryl comes on he just wants to focus on salt and Mm -hmm. and so we start getting these specialties or brenda does insurance on top of that so we it's just yeah I, i tell people at this point you cannot ask a question and we're certain on accounting and tax and whether it's city local state national anything to do with cannabis that our program we will not answer between our attorneys and cpas and enrolled agents but then even broader on software systems or or equipment or just could be anything related to the industry um i feel we are the national leader at this point nobody no other national accounting firm is anywhere near our breadth of, of 500 people so so that has been awesome and fun and having people like you come in and add at huge value to that. So a couple of final points to wrap up. I want to let 
you know, where everyone can find you and your practice. I think you are located in Chicago. So Illinois is a huge state as well. Also, Daryl has a podcast. So if you are a cannabis or CBD business owner and want to get with Daryl and get on his podcast, um, that would be a great idea as well. Um, But let, let people know kind of where to find you and um, website and all that. And we'll also have a link in our show notes too. Right, right, right. So my website is greenrushtax.com. I was fortunate enough to get that web web domain a couple of years ago where I was just sitting on it trying to find the right time to launch it. And once I, you know, once I found Dope CFO and realized, wow, this this is the program for me. And you know, I couldn't, I couldn't have dreamt of just having, you know, like you said, a a whole mix of experience, you know, in that. So that's that's greenrushtax.com is the website. Um, my podcast is called Canna Salt Talk. And what I do there is I get um, the business owners, you know, whether it's an edible manufacturer, uh, an edible company with that or uh, infused beverages or or a hemp company, you know, pretty, pretty much anyone. I want to talk and learn about them and, and their industry. And then I'll have like a little one or two minute segment at the end, just talking about like the latest developments in state and local tax, or, you know, like maybe a topic that they might have come up or maybe let them be aware of, you know, just like one of the things you mentioned earlier, Andrew was like those dispensaries with um, uh, doing, doing the medical sales. To protect yourself when the states are going to come and audit the sales tax, you've got to make sure that you're having good documentation on all your medical sales, making sure, depending on the state, making sure you have all the digits on that individual's medical card and match it up to the invoice. Because if you don't have that documentation, the state's going to come back and say it's taxable because the burden of proof is on the taxpayer. And one more reason to reach out to Daryl as a dope CFO VIP. So that is a key component of our program for every client. We build a permanent audit trail. So whether it's the Department of Revenue or just the state or the IRS or the bank auditor, you're always audit ready because that is super, super important. And so so that is awesome. Um, thank you so much for being on our show. We'll um Hopefully you see lots of people contacting you after this and even people in the Dope CFO program as you're out talking to your clients, keep Daryl in the back of your head um, to, to reach out as well. Yep. And my, my motto is I always want to make sure that I keep my clients company green. I want you to keep your ref. I want you to keep your profits. Don't make mistakes and pay interest and penalties to the state. So just That's awesome. Just do it. Do it right. We're here to help. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Daryl. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate the opportunity.